You're listening to episode 111 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. I believe that healing is part of the human experience. I also believe that healing is part of our own personal responsibility. Oftentimes, we aren't sure how to heal. We can only go so far without the necessary tools, modalities, techniques, and guidance to really help us move through the healing process in a healthy and effective way. I think it would be fair to say that this week's guest likely agrees with that statement. Lindsay Mack is the creator of Soul Tarot, a radical reinterpretation and intentional utilization of the tarot as a healing tool, one that can assist us in differentiating the noise of our brain from the truth of the soul. As a joyful survivor of child abuse, CPTSD, and chronic pain and illness, Lindsay is passionately dedicated to honoring and helping to bring space, light, and healing to those who are experiencing mental, emotional, or physical suffering. It was the healing from a breakdown in 2014 that fully birthed her into this sacred work and onto her soul path. It is an organic part of her healing work with the tarot, and she is honored to be sharing these offerings with those who feel called to them. Lindsay and I have a beautiful, soulful conversation about how we can use tarot as a tool for healing. Today's episode is sponsored by Spiritually Seeking. The new Spiritually Seeking podcast trailer has officially been launched, and we are busy working on season one. Search Spiritually Seeking in your preferred podcast app and subscribe to the podcast or listen to the trailer. You definitely got to go listen to that. And don't forget that on spiritually-seeking.com, you can save 10% on your order of numerology reports and more by using the promo code PODCAST. Are you ready to learn more about tarot and meet Lindsay? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Lindsay Mack. Lindsay is the creator of Soul Tarot, a radical reinterpretation and intentional utilization of the tarot as a healing tool, one that can assist us in differentiating the noise from our brain from the truth of our soul. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Lindsay, you have been called one of the most important new voices in the world of modern spirituality and wellness. And I know behind every world shifter, there is a powerful story of how they got here. Will you share a little bit about your journey with us and what led you to this point in life? Yes, um, absolutely. So I would, I would certainly characterize my journey as being one that is... Um, very spiralic, certainly never anything that was intended upon, planned, even preferred. (laughs) (laughs) It really just has been um, a very slow, winding, labyrinthian journey that's sort of led me to where I am. Uh, I'm an intuitive uh, tarot teacher, and um, that was never... uh, uh, the intention uh, when I was growing up and even in my 20s for my life's work at all. Uh, it was really something uh, that I, I came upon after many things. And yet, um, in speaking about my journey, there were a, 
an enormous amount of breadcrumb trails that really led me to where I am now. I got um, my first tarot deck when I was 12 and bought it with a number of books. And I don't recall having any exposure to tarot before that. I don't think I really knew what it was. Um, but as many people who uh, grow up uh, as I did in a highly, unfortunately, abusive and extremely dysfunctional environment, my um, my way of coping as a child and uh, still now my way of moving through the world is to sort of open my hands to God in whatever way mm-hmm. that looked like. And so I think my 12-year-old self who I was completely in touch with being a witch at that age and being mm-hmm. queer at that age. And um, it just seemed like something that was the right thing to reach for. And so um, I got a deck and taught myself how to read. And probably the more significant part of my journey is not so much that I did that, but had some really powerful experiences at that age of reading a lot of the tarot literature that was available in 1996, you know, and not agreeing with it, it and thinking, I don't find myself in this at all. This doesn't apply to me. I can't. Um, this seems really fucking triggering and very scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like even at even at twelve, and and I gave readings all through middle school, high school, and college, and um, to friends and to myself and to family members if they wanted it. Never professionally, and never something that I thought I would ever do for a living. Certainly, but um, the foundation really of my path as somebody who teaches. Um, tarot for evolution, tarot for the soul, tarot that is rooted in inclusivity and in, um, you know, definitely having a root system and more common sense and critical thinking. It really started from that age. And so um, that was one of the spiral paths. And then, you know, my journey. I had wanted to be a performer. I pursued that. I fell out of love with it around the age of 26, um, right in time for my Saturn return. I was just about to say that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Saturn in Scorpio. It's not a joke. So it was just gone. And then um, just around the same time, literally where one door closed and the other one opened, um, I discovered like health coaching school. And at that time, people were doing that, but it wasn't quite as um, popular and in the collective consciousness as it was. It wasn't like so long ago, but still long enough that um, it was a fairly big leap to do. I didn't know too many other health coaches. So I did that, started a wellness practice and was working with people who also had trauma and anxiety and nutrition. And it never really felt quite right. And I couldn't figure out why. And, uh, of course it's because there was no intuitive element in it at all. And was really based on kind of more of a logical piece than an intuitive piece. And, um, the real turnaround came when I was 30 and had a breakdown that was PTSD related. Um, that really not to in any way, um, minimize or to like over gloss such a very challenging experience. 
Um, but it really was the thing as breakdowns will do. It's like, it's literally do or die <laughs> that really all of the pieces in my life that weren't working, that weren't serving me, um, they were gone. Like mm. just kind of overnight, my wellness practice, no more the person who I ran it with, who was a very old friend who was really quite toxic and not very kind. Um, she was gone. I was still talking to the abusers in my family as though nothing really had happened to me and they were gone. And that was mm. the beginning of me um, really truly choosing myself in the best way that I can. And listen, we're all choosing ourselves in whatever capacity we can. But for me, that uh, level of choice was imperative. And um, although I didn't know it at the time, it freed me up to be open for something new to come in. And um, tarot kind of came full circle back into my life only a few <laughs> short months later where somebody in a store where I was um, trying to do a pop-up at um, invited me or mentioned something to me about needing a tarot reader. And I hadn't read tarot for anyone in years, but I said, I'd love to do it. And like literally the rest is history. I did wow. one. Yeah. I did one afternoon there for a really tiny sliding scale. And I left and called my husband and I was like, I've never been happier doing anything. All of a sudden, all of this old knowledge was coming forward and was plugging into all of my health coaching and life coaching skills. And um, there was this sense of purpose and resurgence and like um, a reparative essence in this way after a breakdown that was like, oh, wow, you know, this is really something that I'm drawn to. Mm. And then um, I used to stop there when I would talk about my journey, but that was almost um, that was six years ago. And in the last six years, I've been lucky enough to be um, reading professionally and then stopped reading about a year ago, now a year and almost a half ago and have been teaching full time. And it's the greatest thing ever. That was a really big leap too. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, just a, I, I was the last person to know about <laughs> it. It was a lot of... Um, yeah, it was a lot of really deep pain and learning and then unlearning and stepping back into the thing that I, I had been drawn to but had never had any clue that it was meant to be a, a tool that walked with me through my adult life. You know? Wow. I love that you focused on that you not only had to learn, but you had to unlearn too. Oh, yeah. Because there are so many times that we learn toxic things or we, we learn someone else's perception of something and we think that that's fact, but that's not always fact. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's, um, it's funny actually that you say that because um, when I, you know, obviously we'll get into tarot, but there's a there's a, something that I'm very passionate um, teaching people, which is this idea of undoing and rewilding the tarot. Mm. Because the, the thing that most people forget is that the tarot is something that a human being, even forever ago, that human beings have attempted beautifully to kind of channel into a universal language but it's still coming through a human filter 
Mm. Any book, any deck, any visual that you use that we don't often allow ourselves that spaciousness to not judge or push anything away, but to say, hey, this deck, um, you know, I don't necessarily even need to take the visuals on the deck at face value. There's such a, um, there's a lot of undoing with tarot that I think is really essential for people to come back to their own knowing. And it's just a small microcosm of what you so beautifully described is what we really do. Mm-hmm. I think macrocosmically across the board is like, we totally forget. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I have a place in this too. Like I have to undo what I've known in order to step back into my true wisdom and my true yeah. knowing around this, you know? Oh, so, oh, yeah. I love that. Well, let's talk about tarot for a minute because there could be someone listening who has never used tarot as a modality. Can we quickly cover what tarot is um, and how the cards can be used? Yeah. So I, uh, there's sort of two answers to that, which I'll, uh, they're both very brief, but the first answer is the more classical answer. Um, and the first part of it is, is a universal uh, thing, which is that the, the tarot is quite literally a deck of 78 cards um, comprised of uh, various suits, various elements um, that some people say comprise of the majors and the minors, the court cards being a part of the minors. None of that's really important, but that essentially yield out all these 78 cards to comprise the whole of the entirety of the human experience. Everything from the very big picture stuff that we can't control, that is so esoteric, so mysterious, from the deepest minutia, from the toughest feelings to um, the highest highs and the lowest lows, they're really all in there. And um, we can use them and work with those archetypes any way we want. So some people really choose to use them for future telling or fortune teller telling or for seeing. Some people use them for meditation. Some people use them for guidance. Some people use them for a check-in. Um, you know, uh, you not to be frustrating or opaque, but you really can use them or, or vague. Um, you really can use them for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, how I find, personally speaking, they can be really most useful and most consistently useful as if we are tuning in with our decks as a kind of a tool that allows us to be with whatever arises because um, the future isn't really fixed, you know, and uh, future telling, um, although I, I, I respect the gifts of, of monumental psychics out there. I know that the very real gift, uh, very shaky in terms of um, future being fixed, not Mm -hmm. in terms of the gift. So uh, if we are to really form a bond with our tarot decks, that requires um, really very little study. That is an entry point for everyone, really the grist for the mill and the foundation that you have in every moment to really bond with and get to know your deck very well is what you're coming to it with. Mm. And most people assume 
and completely understandably that you kind of have to show up to the tarot and be really meditated and clear and zen out. And it's actually quite the opposite that if you're showing up to your deck and you're very um, activated, charged, angry, jealous, um, we want to start there. And it can be so amazing because it can provide some clarity for us on what we can do to tend the feelings that are arising and how we can maybe pay attention to them to recenter if that's possible mm. or to just be present with them. So I've found sort of, and some people would probably like really disagree with me because the tarot is the people's tool and nobody's right. You know what I mean? Nobody's right. But I do think, cause you're asking me the question. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, yeah, I do think like, that is um, some of the more, uh, some of the easiest ways to not only engage with these cards, but to also bond with them, which mm -hmm. is essential for being able to feel like we trust this tool as um, a helping ally for us rather than to us. Like the idea that we're pulling a card and like, oh my God, like, we pulled this like horrible card when in reality it's, it's probably bringing some really deep medicine. So I like it, you know, yeah. I think it's really um, nice to use it in that way, but you can use it anyway. And it's equally wonderful. I think one of my very first perceptions of tarot in general is, you know, like kick it back to when you were a kid and you kind of covered it. You like see like fortune tellers using it and they're, of course. they're I actually the very first thing I think of is the movie now and then. Have you ever seen? Of that course. Movie? Okay. Yeah. So like when they go and see her and I, yeah, and it's like the death card. And in my yeah. mind, like death meant death, right? Like I didn't sure. even think of it as transformation or rebirth okay. of that sense. So that was even my perception of tarot going in. What it, it was almost, in my mind, a tool that was used in the dark, not in the light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. That, that could probably be the perception of many, I think, as well. And that's totally not the way that you're using it or that your community is using it either. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not the way I use it. And uh, I would say that in terms of my community, there's always a gentle space held that um, if there are any slivers of story left over from that over-cultural narrative that, um, you know, this deck can somehow be, uh, you know, like a gateway, <laughs> you know, yeah. to evil or like to nefariousness or to horrible news. It's always my pleasure to if I can hold a space of what could be possible on the other side of that. I mean, mm. talk about undoing. We have to be really compassionate with ourselves with the tarot. I mean, we have everything from movies and books to all sources of media to major religions telling mm. us we have metaphysical books that are upholding deeply problematic aspects that have been really put on the tarot. And it's part of our job to kind of, come back to a space of humility and let the cards tell us because I tell my students this all the time. You already know all these cards anyway. Mm. And the key to knowing that is if you're laying your own life down next to them. Like the only way if I, if you go to your deck and you say, what do I most need to know right now? And you pull the moon card. 
That's beautiful. Like that, that's great. And that can teach you and that is useful and magnificent. There's no problem with that at all. Will it necessarily groove a new neural pathway for you about like, oh my God, that's the moon card? Maybe not. Right. If you're showing up to your deck and you're really contracted, really messy, really confused, frustrated, and maybe a sense of being lost, a sense of feeling unclear that you don't know what to do. And you go to your deck and you say, I just, I have no clue what the fuck is going on. And I'm upset and I'm frustrated. Is there any card here that can reflect back to me what's happening or what's possible right now? And you pull the moon card that will teach you. It will stay with you. You will walk away from that and go, oh, wow, moon card. Okay. And that might draw you to look deeper. That might draw you to go, oh, wow, I see in this book that the moon card is ruled by Pisces. How interesting. Like, what does Pisces represent to me? What have other people said about Pisces energy? You know, what, um, you know, when I really kind of get behind the card and let it lead the way, what? what do I learn from it? So part of what I think, yeah, like it's a, it's a big collective knot that we're untying, but the, I really think the gateway is just like showing up to your deck as you are, because it completely collapses, like really all of the old narratives that have Mm. been presented. Like as soon as we do that and show up authentically, a lot of the old paradigms they just can't go with us they don't match it so i hear you that's everybody has to undo that wounding i think yeah Um, yeah yeah and how is it best to go into so if you're grabbing your deck is it best to have those very specific questions so that you can get more answers out of it or are broad general questions okay too oh i think broad general questions are wonderful i think Mm. both are are so great um because again it's always nice to be open. Like, let's say we're just showing up and, you know, what am I being invited to pay attention to today? What card is working with me today? What's kind of happening underneath? What am I learning about? Like those questions can be quite useful to help to kind of center and guide maybe our hour, our day, our meeting, what have you. Um, we don't always have to read every day, you know, but, uh, it works wonderfully for broad questions and for very specific questions, I think. Mm. So Mm. on a journey of healing, and we'll even say maybe it's, I think everyone in this world needs to heal from something, whether it's a big T trauma, a little T trauma, we are all on our own healing journey. How can tarot really help catapult this journey and really help us actively cope and kind of move our way through? So, when we start to think of tarot, there's some pretty key shifts that can happen for us when we start to consider tarot in a little bit of a different way. And I'll offer one thing that I teach that um, oh, I can't even necessarily say I came up with, it was really told to me by my guides, but um, tarot, every card works for us, not Mm. to us. And we could maybe, I'm not going to say we have to, or that we should, because some people that, um, I actually don't know if this applies to everybody, but it's interesting to 
to widen that a bit and uh, include uh, our lives. You know, mm. how is some of what is happening with this pandemic for us rather than to us? It doesn't in any way bypass the shittiness and the fear and the total uh, lack of clarity, um, you know, and it might be useful for some people to consider that it's time for them to draw their attention to themselves. Maybe they're being called to pay more attention to their feelings and their grief and their heart that have been calling to them long before this time. So it doesn't make it better. It just helps us to have some kind of um, place on the compass to work with so that we can soften even a little bit to how this particular situation might be helping us in some way to evolve, to be of service, to serve our community, to serve those who've walked the path, who are going to be walking the paths that maybe we've walked that have been really challenging, or to reach out for support on our path. So I think when we, when we even just slightly turn the head toward what might this card be doing for me, it does provide, I think, a little bit of an easier gateway into working with the pieces that uh, are our strongest places that we're doing some healing work in that I have found in my life has helped me to really soften and allow all of what wants to be processed. People assume when I say that, that I'm talking about there being a promotion of acceptance of what happens to us. It's actually quite the opposite that most of us have so much rage, so much grief, so much anger to process. And we just don't because we either had a big T trauma and it got stuck in the body or a little T trauma that we've just sort of said, like, I'm too busy. I can't even deal. And then all of a sudden um, we find ourselves, you know, enraged and we don't quite know why, or we find ourselves uncomfortable and we don't quite know how to engage and, and, um, there might be grief or anxiety underneath that. So I think tarot is, is a humble, humble, not a replacement for anything, but such a wonderful tool to help us not only um, consider ways that we can engage with our wounding, but also um, we kind of don't always recognize that we are human beings that have dual have a dual experience moving through us constantly. We have the mm. experience of the nervous system and the brain and of the primal pieces and of the protections and, you know, all of this sort of inherited stuff from our, you know, evolution as, as human beings. Right. And that voice is very, very loud. It's much louder and more dominant than that of the soul, which is the second half of that dual experience. That's really a whisper. And the nervous system piece of us generally doesn't really want us to be uncomfortable. It kind of wants to sweep things under the rug. It doesn't really want us to kind of go back and untangle these knots. And the soul understands intimately that evolution through discomfort is part of why we incarnate here. Mm. That when we didn't come here to be comfortable, we were never promised that. Um, and it doesn't mean that we can't deeply have our feelings about how shitty that is <laughs> right <laughs> not fun um but the tarot also because we're talking about it I've found can be incredibly useful when it comes to illuminating some archetypal imagery 
that helps us understand the brain story and the soul invitation. Mm. And that really is actually the, the nucleus of how I teach because that is what I used for myself when I was working through um, my PTSD is that I really started to see, wow, you know, again, not a substitute for therapy for anything, but when I when I pull a card for sort of what is the brain story right now, what what's a card that could help me kind of swim through that little um, crack in the cave wall and what's the invitation of the soul here? Where do they meet in the middle? There would be a lot of illumination for me around just sometimes how I could just understand myself a little better. It's not about fixing or solving. And I think that that's sometimes important for me to remember about my healing journey is that it is a spiral and not necessarily a linear path with a, with a final destination, but it can come along with us on that as a, as a trusty little friend, you know, and in some wonderful ways, you know, Mm, I love that. That's also beautiful. And I love that you focused on really turning to the cards to help you see why this, what is happening for you and not to you, because that is a huge mindset shift. I feel to even take yourself out of that. Oh, it's all happening to me versus why is this happening for me? Yeah. And you know, I learned, I learned from my teacher, Michelle, that, um, who's not a tarot teacher. She's just a magnificent intuitive and has been such a, such a beloved mentor to me around, um, so much, but um, she really taught me many years ago that you never need to have the overall, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to believe, I believe this. I'm going to feel it all. She's always told me all you ever have to have to have a huge shift is the willingness. Mm. It's all you ever have to have is the willingness to consider. So for anyone who's like, for me, not to me, get the fuck out of here. What yeah. I would say, yeah, because I would say like, I agree, I agree. And um, we're not eliminating to me. That's always welcome to come with us. That's crucial for us to be like, yes, yes, there is this part of me that feels like this is all happening to me. Let's let that part fucking breathe. Let's yeah. hear that part. And we have a soul piece that can hold both. We have the capacity to hold both. So we can say, feel like this is a fucking cosmic joke. And I'm willing to consider that there could be something in here that could be bringing me medicine. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Right. We're not talking about liking it. But if I'm willing to consider that, it just opens things that mm-hmm. can, can open other things that can open other things, you know. Oh, I love that you you touched on not you don't have to like it. Because, never like, have to like it. You never have to like. I mean, as a child when you were sick, you didn't like taking medicine. Like I still don't like Dimetap, you know. So, know. <laughs> so, but you know, like if some if it's part of how you got better, then it was almost you know you had to, to yeah. move through it. So I love that you touched on that, and I I love that you brought up your mentor because. I too have a really strong mentor and I am one of those people who I just like credit so much to my mentor, just like bringing me through so much things. And of course now in this day and age of Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, there are so many enlightened people and it's a great way to, you know, share content filled of healing and inspiration and enlightenment. But then there's also some misinformation what do you see as some of the more harmful patterns around the spiritual or healing community? 
I want to tread with care and respect here because um, I am a white woman and I feel that uh, I am still learning what brings in harm and what does not. Mm. But I will share that, of course, there is the enormous wounding of cultural appropriation that not only robs um, and takes from the root systems of cultures that are not our own, often without permission or lineage or proper respect paid, but also to those who are a part, um, perhaps, let's say, of a European lineage, um, there remain root systems ready for us to reclaim that are going unmet. So we're often other people's root systems and not in our own, which there's a lot of trauma in um, uh, the root systems of, of especially European folks, uh, especially those who consider themselves to be witches. There's huge wounding in that. Um, and if we're not in the care of our own root wounding, we're going to continue to perpetuate harm. So um, it, that's purely on a white perspective um, and also speaking with, with great respect to any folks of color, indigenous folks, um, those whose uh, cultures are um, profited off of or, or spoken about. It's, uh, it's a huge problem. Uh, I've been part of that problem in the past. I probably still am. I'm always available to recenter and change and be publicly uh, accountable for that. So I don't want to act like I'm above that <laughs> at all. Um, but I do think it's important to name. Uh, and actually, you teed this up perfectly. Not acknowledging lineage is a huge fucking problem, <laughs> you know, um, because everybody almost everybody has somebody who's supported them and i am like you where everything i do my mentor is named is credited she's on my bio like there's um soul tarot would not exist without my mentor yeah you know i would not be bringing work down without my mentor and it's it's easy to come into a space where we assume that and by the way a tremendous amount of my work I would characterize as being channeled and there still has to be and usually is a framework for that for that medicine to come into and I think a lot of people just assume like oh if I name my teacher my lineage and nobody will think I have any original ideas and that's not true because everybody has something from somewhere <laughs> you right. know so really just eliminating the lineage the 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 um the idea of, uh, yeah, that we're islands somehow or that, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it, I was almost at this like mindset with my mentor at one part where, uh, and she's on the podcast all the time. So if someone's listening right now, it's surreal. Like you should know by now if you're listening. So, um, but <laughs> we, um, I got to this point and I was like, you know, this woman has all the answers. Like there's no way I could even teach her anything. Right. Like it's, she was mm -hmm. just, I held her so highly in my mind. Even I'm like, she has all the answers. And then I don't, we were talking about Ascension one day and, um, I, something came up from Elizabeth Peru and she was talking about like a different energy center. And I had been getting these headaches and like everything that she had outlined in her blog, I was going through. And I like sent this on to my mentor and I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is exactly what I'm going through. I'm experiencing this, this, and this. And she had never heard of it before. 
And she was like, whoa, this is amazing. And in that moment, I was like, no, no, no. The master is always still learning themselves. And hell yeah. Yeah. I had to like take that step back from myself. You know what I mean? Of like, she's still learning too. Like, of course they're still learning. And it's, you know, at one point, I will be at her level and then she'll be another level up. And it's just, we're constantly ascending and we're growing and gaining all this information. And not one person has all of the answers. Um, But it's so great that to just always stay open to receiving those answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, I love it. Right now in our world, I think that through all the mass changes, it's triggering for some. It's triggering some people to have a dark night of the soul moment. Some people are falling stronger into addiction. You know, what are some processes or tools that you've used or created to kind of move through your own triggering experiences? I mean, tarot is number one. Whenever I'm in a situation like that, that is my number one, 100% go-to tool for anything that arises Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, it is also the most effective tool that I've ever used. Um, personally, that's very much a, a personal thing. I don't know yeah. if everybody would agree with that, but you're asking me, so that's my answer. Um, I also work with my mentor is tremendous. Obviously, you're asking about tools, but um, I, I am somebody who, because I'm a trauma survivor, uh, I'm not the particular trauma that I experienced, I'm not super available to body work yet. It's Mm. still very triggering for me and it's not a problem. It's just where my nervous system is absolutely perfect. And I've come very far with not ever being able to be touched by a stranger to um, receiving a bit more and more therapeutic trauma informed settings. So don't really get much body work. I don't, um, energy work. Um, I haven't found too many people who I feel are quite safe enough with trauma informed, you know? Um, so for me, I'm kind of boring because it's trauma and the magnificent sessions that I have with my mentor. And I also have, um, I say this obviously as a joke because everybody's therapist is great. And, but I feel like the world's greatest therapist. So, um, (laughs) I love her and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm at a certain level of need where um, the, just, it's important to be honest, like what I need when I move through experiences like that are like therapeutic support, um, spiritual mentorship that is of a one-on-one capacity, but then everything, the umbrella that really helps to hold all of that together that walks with me when I'm on my own is really just the tarot. And, um, I do hear guides plainly. So, um, which everybody experiences, uh, supportive guidance in different ways. And by the way, they also, um, can act like tools. So there are times when I really need to talk to them and I kind of don't feel them as strongly as I'd like, but, um, in general, when I'm going through a really challenging time, I can tune in and get some kind of something. If, you know, even like a yes, no answer that can help lead me in another direction. But um, yeah, I'm not, I don't have too many other tools or other applications that I really check in with too much. It's really just um, one-on-one care in the tarot. 
Yeah, we sound so aligned. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a, pretty much what I, I go through. I, I also have like the kind of a benefit because my mentor is also a certified psychotherapist. So I'm like, bless. <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm a, yeah. I have a spiritual yeah. mentor and a licensed therapist in my back pocket. Oh, so sometimes she'll take off one hat and put on the other. And she's like, okay, so, so my good. advice doesn't change. But a different way of looking at this is, and I'm like, Okay. Yeah. I like that. Incredible. Well, yeah. Your yearly course, Tarot for the Wild Soul, is currently open for enrollment. Tell us about this course and what it entails. Okay. Tarot for the Wild Soul is an eight-week online course for people who desire to learn how to read tarot from a trauma-informed, soul-centered, inclusive, evolutionary perspective. It is very acutely an undoing and a rewilding of tarot where every week for eight weeks we'll go through either a particular suit, a particular part of the major arcana. So all card theory is covered in all of its forms, right side up and reversed, all definitions of the cards, um, as well as, um, you know, how to read for ourselves in particular situations. Um, all kinds of amazing bonus master classes. It's just a real wealth of material and um, a very, very rich compendium on learning the tarot, but um, specific to how I teach it, which is really helping people to learn how to apply and live with the tarot, going to it and feeling that we can go to it for whatever arises. So in this course in particular, and I, I actually think this is a great thing for people to know because there are other wonderful tarot courses out there that are certification courses that really help um, people to drill down their memorizations and learn how to do Celtic cross readings. I think that is so crucial and needed, but nobody's going to find that in my course yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's not going to happen here. Um, what we will do is um, how to show up to the tarot and what kind of spreads and what kind of work with the tarot might be useful when we're in chronic pain. Like, mm -hmm. what does that look like? Um, how to show up to the tarot when we feel, uh, you know, that we need deeper care, how to show up to the tarot. Like, what do we do if we have anxiety, if we have fear? Um, what if we do if we're afraid of a certain card? There are all kinds of really, really valuable, concrete, tangible, um, much more applicable to tarot as a healing tool practices that can be found in the course. And there are also beautifully descriptive definitions of anything that folks might want to know about uh, the deck. So it not only offers people a very rich education and one that is done online so that once people sign up, they can have lifetime access to the material, but um, also provides um, which I think is important in a time right now where things are very uncertain and um, people, um, it's a time where um, healing tools are really, I think, very important to have these connections with these tools, not in a more esoteric sense, but in a moment to moment, like this thing is popping up for me. How do I serve myself through this thing? So mm. that's, um, that's the perspective and the lens view with which the course is taught. But, um, 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it, it sounds like it can be for someone who has never picked up a deck and also for someone who may just want to unlearn some things that they previously learned about tarot or learn some new yeah. things. You nailed it. It is. Okay. Yep. If you're new, it will provide the strongest foundation possible, I believe, to your practice. And if you're very seasoned, it'll invite you to look at certain things differently and may um, offer you the support to be able to bring your practice into a different mind mindset. Mm, I love it. Where can our audience go to not only learn more about Tarot for the Wild Soul, but also to connect with you further? Yeah. So to learn more about the course, you can go to tarotforthewildsoul.com. Enrollment opens on April 9th. It closes on April 28th. Um, the course only opens once a year. So you can learn all about the course and the features and the flow of it there. Um, to learn more about me, you can go to lindsaymack.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at tarot for the wild soul. That is not my Instagram name. Uh, it is one of my Instagram <laughs> names. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at wild soul healing. And you can also catch me on my podcast tarot for the wild soul. I love it. You know, I was, someone was asking me the other day where they could find me on Instagram and I was like, laurensmithbiz.com. And I was like, wait, wait, that's not my Instagram. I'm like, I don't know. I have too many. I can't keep up. I know. I have like four. Yeah. 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 At that point, you're just like, I don't know. Google me. I'll I'll pop Uh up. I don't know. Yeah. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. You radiate light and you are doing such important work in this world. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Lindsay has such a genuine soul. I just loved our conversation. Lindsay's offering our listeners 10% off her course. You can grab the promo code and get all the links to Lindsay's website and social channels by visiting this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot and share that you listened. Share it on social media and tag me in it. I am everywhere at mindbizlife. Don't forget to join me on Friday for a new episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.